evening and welcome to another episode of the DFWTO podcast. I'm your host, Casper. I'm your other host, Becky Gremlin. Here to bring you all things spooky on Wednesdays because... Wednesdays are for podcasts. What's up, my dudes? Welcome. We're going to be talking about something tonight that we should have talked about a long time ago and we still are shocked as to the fact that we have not actually talked about it. We talked about it a little bit in our Warren episode, which was our third episode ever. Uh, we, going way, way back when. We did not go deep, deep into it like we'll be doing tonight. Um, but we will be talking about the Amityville house. Um, of course, the Amityville horror, the whole thing behind all of it, which makes it for a true crime slash paranormal podcast, which I genuinely enjoy myself. Yeah, it's got a little bit of everything. It's got a little sprinkled. It's a little sprinkled everything. But before we get into that, you were from most of there. That was it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I could not that was so it. perfect. I was like, a word from our sponsor. I could not hold it. <laughs> okay. Oh. I believe you. <laughs> Calm your body down. I was, I was like, I thought there was more coming. Um, Too bad my stomach's not making noise. Now I could have done it for me. <laughs> All right, guys, so um, I've been hearing really good feedback on the beard oil. That is wonderful to hear, so that is still available. Um, I will have the um, Christmas scents up next week and uh, something else special coming as an accessory to the bath bombs that will be coming next week as well. Should be posting about it this weekend. Um, otherwise, thank you for all the support and feedback. Um, I did a promotion on, uh, Instagram that got me a couple of new followers. So that was really awesome. Appreciated. Uh, otherwise everything is on Etsy, up for sale, calm your body down, uh, still on Instagram, see your BD. Um, and again, thanks for the support. <clears throat> calm your body down. You know what I was just thinking about? When your business gets big and everyone knows about it, I'm doing your commercial. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> like, I think we talked about that before. And I have to. It definitely needs to happen. Okay, I believe you. Stupid song's gonna be in my head for the rest of the night now. <laughs> it's okay. So it's a good song. It's stuck in it my is head. a great song. Dale. Dale. And then when that's you hear cute, it, Delia. when you hear it. Daylight's coming, you want to go. I'm telling you, I think I might. I, I would flip out if there would be a day that somebody would go, What is that? I'd be like, It happened. So, you guys all share this story. <clears throat> so, I'm at work, right? And I go, Dale. And my coworker was like, Huh? And I was like, Have you seen Beetlejuice? And she's like, well, yeah. And I'm like, then you should know what I just did. <laughs> I was like, I don't need to give you any more context. No. no That's no. it. So, mm -hmm. because she forgot the entire scene, I got on YouTube and I looked it up and we watched it. And it was great. I feel like, honey, how long has it been since you've seen Be I watch it all the fucking time. I mean, I'll give it to her. She probably hasn't seen it in fucking years. She really probably hasn't. She probably saw it when it came out, and that was the end of it. <laughs> no offense, it happens. But. 
<clears throat> I hate to say that, but it does happen. Not everyone is a horror. I'm like just us. I'm just one of these people where I'm just like I have certain movies that I watch. We're gonna need a bigger boat religiously. Like you say one line or from one song and you know exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. I love that shit. <clears throat> like immediately. So guys, we are talking about the Amityville house tonight. And do you know what's really funny? And you'll find this hilarious. Every single fucking time I w- in that documentary, when they said Ocean Avenue, <clears throat> every time I went, there's a place on Ocean Avenue. <laughs> oh my God. I feel like that started like, <laughs> way back when I found out that was the address. And I was like, if I could find you now, things would get better. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Tell me your email. You're, you're not telling me. The emo millennials out there, like. Every t- 112 Ocean Avenue. There's a place on Everybody Ocean just Avenue. Like, pop out of the woodwork. Like. Everyone's near the house and they're like. <laughs> oh god, if you lived on that. Listen, I can't even fucking like when they're now. Every time I hear the fucking song, I'm gonna be like, Amityville, right? (laughs) Like, sorry. By the way, guys, if you try to Google Map the address, the house is completely blurred, and so are other houses on the neighboring houses. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean. So we watched, um, I think if you caught the tail end of our podcast from last week, we mentioned a really great documentary, a Tubi original, um, on that app that goes over pretty much everything about Amityville and features a lot of YouTubers and TikTokers that talk about it a lot. And there was a lot of footage um in people's youtube videos or tiktoks of the house as it stands now um i mean so to be quite honest if you're just regular people living there and there's nothing going on with the house anymore and there hasn't been anything um and we'll get more into that but um i believe that there was an exorcism done at some point at the house so the house is is fine so obviously you just want to live a normal life. I mean, and the house is look, it's beautiful. I I remember when the house was listed originally, like a couple years ago, because there was this whole big thing where it was like there were so many people that just wanted to see the inside of the house, yeah. not even to buy it, just to see it. And um <clears throat> the inside of the house is gorgeous. The outside of the I mean it's got its own boat deck and boat house. It is beautiful property. So it actually kind of reminds me a little bit of the property on the uninvited. Like I understand, yeah. obviously, but it's just like right next to that lake, lake and, and everything. So yeah. pretty. So it's beautiful property. So honestly, I mean, I wouldn't want to be bothered either. But I hate to say this. I I don't know. I mean, I feel like it almost kind of comes with like being a celebrity. Like I love what that girl said on the, on the, was it the TV on the documentary? She literally was like, when I drove up to this house, I felt like I was meeting a celebrity. I love that she said that. Like, 
a lot of celebrities don't like the unwanted attention that they get, but they know what they signed up for with becoming a celebrity. And I feel like it's the same thing with moving into that house. You kind of had, you kind of had to know what you were getting yourself into. Like people, I mean, that house will forever be iconic. The lore of this story is never going to go away. People will always know. I mean, there's generations, like we were saying, these are YouTubers and TikTokers that are, I mean, they weren't even thought of. Like, their parents were around when the original story and when the original movie came out. But I mean, well, I wasn't born until a few years after the original movie came out. But still, like, there will always be generations that are going to know this story. And as long as that house stands, people will always be, there's just been way too many books and documentaries and movies and videos and things out there. There's too much information that this story isn't going to go away. Well, it's kind of like, to me, if you really, really don't want anyone to go around it, tear it down. Why are you still telling it? If you really don't think people are going to keep coming around to see it, Tear it down. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't... Or do what the Lizzie Borden house did. Yeah. Turn it into Cat. like a... Obviously, it's not haunted anymore, but, you know, the Borden house is. But still, if you want to keep, you know, the history of the house and not have people... But just... see, much like Fall River, Amityville is not happy with this history at all like they don't like it they're not happy with it they don't like people coming around they don't like the streets being crowded mm, that's the true neighbors don't <clears throat> like it um very true i think it's a lot in the same way that fall river you know and it's so different how like just to quickly get into this how much salem like capitalized on their history as ugly as it is that these innocent people were accused of witchcraft of all things and killed that they sort of took that and ran with it and now it's like the biggest thing in the town and it's literally everywhere i mean there's witches on the cop cars it's on it's the high the high school mascot whereas you go down into fall river they don't like anything about lizzie borden they don't want anything to do with it they don't like the notoriety about it they don't like that that's what the town is known for. And it's like, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, you have a fucking street named Borden Street. You know, you which, have actual footprints to their graves. You I mean, have an axe throwing. Listen, they did go in. <laughs> they did go into the fact that apparently that's a really common name. Like there's a lot of Bordens that are, are that oh, yeah. are of distant relations. So you would see. Borden streets or names on buildings that may not necessarily be directly related to Lizzie, but uh, some part of the family, distant relatives, because they were all <clears throat> there were so many Bordens in that cemetery. That's too. true. Like, there, there were, were so a lot of many of That's them. why I'm really glad they did um, have a few friends. Otherwise, <clears throat> I'd be like, where are they? So you knew exactly where you were going because <laughs> there were so many of them. It was just such a common name in that area. But yeah, it's just interesting how. They really don't, uh, the city as a whole, and I think Amityville is much of the same way. They don't want people to know anything. They they don't want to be associated with this. And it's like, oh, I'm sorry. It could have a little something, and this could just be me. Because obviously I do know that the women back in the 1600s, they were not witches. They were like, I think independently. So that's what happened. 
But witches are real. Witches have come from a long line of that kind of rap. Well, yeah, any type of woman <clears throat> and that, that used herbal medicine or... Um, did anything naturally? You know, communed with the earth, kept familiars, um, spoke to animals, just was very in tune with nature and used nature for its purpose. Uh, you know, that... Well, that wasn't going in a church and praying about it, so I'm... <laughs> Because but I'm just saying, I feel like it, it helps get the word out But really, that witches also, are not what people think that witches are. I also think it should be pointed out, too, that back in those times, literally, you, just being a woman, you were a witch. So, I mean, <laughs> men, listen, if, this is how it is, women. Well, I think witch! If you had a vagine, <laughs> it didn't really matter what you I did. I thought you said the gene. I'm I was sorry. like, what? A vagine. Um, you, it, it really didn't matter what you did or didn't do. You were more than likely going to be were accused you a of witchcraft. Like it, it was. It was even my happen. own father. My own father, staunch Baptist man, looked at me one day and was like, "None of those women are witches." Nope. He's like, they were all hung because they thought differently, and I was like. Father, well, not even <laughs> all of them. I, well, I would say all except like Sarah Proctor. Like mm -hmm. she was married, and you know, with child, like they were. It, she, you know, you. I don't know how much more of a Protestant life you could live that they lived, and she was still accused of what. A lot of what it came down to was like land disputes, uh, money. Just, it, it was the pettiest of fucking things. And on top of being a woman, and if you were an independent woman, or if you lived alone, or well, if you were too old. Because what was the one woman when she was too old and there was oh my property God. that they wanted? And they were like, well, she hasn't died yet, so we're going to say she's a witch, so we'll kill her, and then we could take her property. That happened mm. a lot. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was just, it was interesting to find out that a lot of that was just based on boredom and pettiness and just all around uh toxic masculinity. So America today. Yeah. I mean <laughs> there's a place on ocean I, <laughs> I was like look like off for a minute like existential She was like she's so right. It got, um, it got real dark. It did. Oh. But my point was saying like Something great came out of that because now you're showing people that witches are not what people used to think they are. They're good. Unfortunately, though, the Amityville and the Borden have very horrific crimes attached to them. So it's the murders. That nothing really good comes out of it. You right. You know what I'm saying? Because the, you know, that's why we were stating that not only do we have a true crime with this episode, we also have a haunted episode because pretty similar, you know, to what happened with the Borden case, it was a horrific murder. It was uh, family members that were murdered and family that was accused of committing the murder. And then you have these hauntings in the home after the murders. It's just, it's such a crazy thing. Not 
not really that out of the realm of possibility though. I mean, we've done podcasts in the past where we've talked about areas that have had really traumatic things happened and uh you know i mean it's not like you wouldn't have uh paranormal activity in areas where there was a really 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 traumatic event like a horrible death or a murder suicide um yeah all those things so yeah, this is a really interesting story. Um, we should start by saying another reason why um, I think the main, I, I think we just kind of by accident held off on doing this. And I think what made me want to do the story even more recently is um, since we're just going to get right into it, if you guys were not aware. So the original story, um, I'll read this part real quick. Uh, starts back on November 13th, 1974. So that was, oh gosh, like four, okay, how many years was that? Because I don't know. 74 would be 50. 2024 would be 50, correct? Yeah, so 47 years. Yeah. So four days ago. Four days ago, 47 years Four ago. score! <laughs> Um, Ronald DeFeo Jr., who was also known as Butch, shot and killed six members of his family. So it was his mother, his father, his two youngest brothers, and his youngest sister. At uh, one two youngest sisters. What two younger? It was two and two, wasn't it? Two brothers and two sisters. Brothers, right? Um, At the large Dutch colonial house situated in a suburban neighborhood in Amityville on the south shore of Long Island, New York, he was convicted of second-degree murder in November of 1975 and sentenced to six sentences. So he basically got um, 25 years to life for every murder that he committed. Um, He died in prison this past year, if you guys were not aware. At the age of 69, he died on March 12th of this year. Um, One thing I thought was kind of strange is that they still have not released his cause of death. So, um... They keep saying it's, um... Not, uh, what, what is it they keep saying? We, like, it's, it's it's undetermined. It's yet to be determined. Yeah. I'm what, like, what do you mean yet to be determined? Been, it's been March. Yeah, it's been. I mean, I know this isn't like a TV show when they, you know, they've got the fucking, uh, oh God, what the autopsy report within like 12 minutes, but it definitely doesn't take this fucking It doesn't long. take 12 fucking months. So, uh, <clears throat> I mean, I know that uh, recent interviews that Butch had done, um, I mean, I don't think there had been any since the uh maybe 90s or early 2000s the one um, where he he didn't confessed to everything he really didn't look that great no um, he looked really thin he possibly could have had cancer who knows i mean it he could have died from covid to be quite honest um it just seems like if it was one of those things they would have just said it's it. just like really why would you just say it i don't i i think that maybe they were just wanting to you know the 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 um controversy around ronald never stopped you know even when he was in prison like i I think that he was probably getting i think people that were coming into the prison knew him or wanted to know him he was probably getting so many letters i think that you know and 
I think that there were a lot of factors. Um, I, I don't know if I necessarily believe that. So the, the ultimate story that Ronald, uh, Butch said, uh, from his point of view and and now there there is some unfortunate uh proof to back this up that his sister dawn was actually involved with the killings that evening um because there were traces of gunpowder on dawn's hands and on her night on her nightgown um now this was contested in court that the unburned gunpowder was discharged from the muzzle, indicating that she was in the proximity of the muscle when it discharged, but didn't necessarily fire it. So it's hard to tell one way or the other. Uh, but basically, Butch contended all the way up to the last interview that Don was actually the one that killed the family, and then he murdered Don. Um, yeah, he confessed to killing only Don. Yeah. And he pretty much stood by that. So it, it's, I, look, I am not a gun expert. I don't know anything about how that kind of stuff works. I do think it's highly suspicious that she had gunpowder on her hands and on her nightgown as if she was holding it and it shot out, you know, I, the little bit that I do know about rifles is that there would have been like the backfire from the muzzle when she shot so I, I don't know that's just really suspicious in my opinion I have no idea I don't know how that kind of stuff works but I think there were factors that could I'm saying that could be a possibility Butch there was a lot of family stuff going on that was not hidden um Butch was on drugs he did not get along with his father. His father pretty much didn't get along with anybody in the family. His father was pretty much described as a total brute and just bullied the mother and the other kids. And uh, it, it just, I, I think that there were just a lot of factors. I think he was fed up. I think that, um, I, I just, I don't understand. The only part that I don't understand and, uh, I think that this is what led so many people to believing that there was something in the home and was the fact that the timing of when the murders happen and the fact that if you guys have seen any footage, these houses are really close together. Like this is, this is a, what you would, I, I, I grew up in a suburb. I still live in a suburb. Anybody that grew up in a suburb and, Main Street, USA, they're, they all look the fucking same. And the houses are close enough together that if you hear one gunshot, let alone six Not even just that, gunshots, voices. You can hear fucking someone talking. I mean, yeah, it, it's... You, you can hear your neighbors outside talking. You can hear a dog barking. You can, you can hear all those things when you live in a suburb. If you live close enough, you're going to hear gunshots. These houses were not that far enough away, especially that late at night. And nobody heard these gunshots. That is something that nobody has been able to explain to me that I haven't found any explanation since. Every documentary and everything I've read about it. Not one single solitary person has been able to explain why no neighbor heard any gunshots. Not even just the neighbors. They heard the dog barking. Nobody in the fucking house 
heard it. Because you're gonna motherfucking tell so, me you're gonna hear something like that and not run. Unfortunately, guys, the photos of the murders. Uh, I hate that. <laughs> I feel like that's definitely something that would not be going around on the internet now. And if it was, it would immediately be pulled. But um, it was his father, Ronald Sr., his mother, Louise, uh, Don, who was 18, Allison, who was 13, Mark, who was 12, and John Matthew, who was 9. And they were all laying face down in their beds. Um, you can see it. I mean, the pictures are available. Uh, so that's the other thing. They may not have been asleep. No. But the fact that nobody moved. Like, if I would have heard that first shot but as a kid, I would have I, been gone. Like, I don't know. There's just a lot that I think that it would be hard to take out of the frame of reference that something paranormal wasn't involved. I don't, it's just hard to me to, for me to believe. Now, a lot of the stuff that's taken place later in the movies that I think has been highly fictionalized, you know, you see a lot of this stuff of like Ronald sitting in his basement getting drunk and high and all of a sudden it's 3.15 and this demon pops out and he starts shooting everybody. I don't think that's <laughs> what fucking happened. Um, I don't no. like at all. Um, <laughs> I think it's something that he, get, that he had given thought to for a long time. And I think that your thoughts negative mixed with drugs are never a good thing. On top of the fact you are more susceptible to demonic activity if you're on drugs or under not to point. mention so, so much negativity in that house there had are it had been building yeah so, like so there if there wasn't something there before you're it's it was easy to create it because right. you have so much negativity especially between the father and the rest of the family there's so much negativity going on there a demon's gonna be like you you rang <laughs> like you know what i'm saying because at the time of the murders uh, Butch was 23 years old and he had been in and out of trouble pretty much since his late teens. His father had gotten him a job at a, um, now his dad, this was something that he tried to use, even though the, the family member had an alibi, was the fact that the DeFeo family was involved in organized crime, which was true. Um, but that obviously didn't hold up in court because the person that he tried to accuse of doing it, Peter DeFeo, who was an uncle that was a part of the Genovese crime family, had a pretty solid alibi at the night at the, the night of the murder. So it definitely wasn't him. That was completely ruled out. Um, but the family had a car dealership that they were basically using to launder launder money through, and it was a front that they were using for their uh, mob activity. And he had gotten Butch a job there, not only at the dealership, basically as a runner. Um, and he somehow screwed that up because he started getting involved in drugs. And there was just a lot of contention in this family. And specifically between Butch, you know, Ronald saw his son, when you have that name Junior and you're the oldest, he basically wanted his son to make something of himself. And he thought by 23, he should already have you know the start of a career and trying to find you know a wife and start a family and butch at that point was just you know he had was sick of his dad didn't really know what he wanted to do and had really just really fallen badly in the drugs and alcohol and 
they were fist fighting. I mean, like he was abusive to the family, but nothing like what he was to Butch as far as physical, because he felt like you're a man, we're going to fight. Didn't matter how much bigger Ronald Sr. was than Butch. Butch was, a, you know, he was even skinny then as a kid, you know, 20 something year old, you know, his dad beat shit out of him. Like they're, you know, black eyes. It was highly reported this local bar. It was actually the bar that Ronald ran into the night after he murdered them and said, somebody shot my family. And that, you know, that whole part of the story, but he would show up to the bar with black eyes and, uh, you know, bloody lip and bloody noses. And that would be from his dad. That was a very common thing. And there was no, you know, Louise, there was no way if she tried to step in, she got shoved to the ground or pushed out of the way. The kids would just run because they were so afraid of Ronald. He would just yell and the youngest son would just start shaking i mean it it, people knew i mean i hate that there were like all these reports afterwards like you saw neighbors in interviews saying how like oh they were such a sweet family that is not what happened behind closed doors anybody that knew that family if you took it from ronald if you took it from butch his dad was an asshole to beat the shit out of him and the family was terrified of him and butch even said this afterwards and that was part of his alibi with saying that he only killed Don because uh, Don was ready to get out. She had a boyfriend that her dad did not want her to have anything to do with because he thought that she shouldn't be seeing anybody till she's married. And she was sneaking out of the house and doing all kinds of stuff. So she had fucking had it at that point as well because she was already 18 and ready to get out of the house, too. So that was part of uh, Butch's alibi was that Don actually killed everybody even though she didn't get as much of the physical abuse she got a lot of verbal abuse from ronald senior and mom again didn't back it up she was already victimhood she just tried to take care of the youngest kids as best she could be a stepford wife she pretty much checked out because there really wasn't much she could do so uh and again i don't know enough about that gun stuff to say one way or the other that don was involved but just for the sake of argument in this story we're going to say ronald did it because that's what butch was convicted of and that's what he served time for before he died so just for tonight we'll say it was butch that committed the murders but um i do think that all of that negativity combined in that house Anytime, and we've done enough podcasts that talk about anytime that you have enough negative energy in one space, um, if you believe in demons and negative spirits, that is where they will thrive. That is immediately where they will thrive. Whether you conjure them up, whether you believe in them or not, they, they will start to manifest themselves the more negativity there is ongoing. And according to Butch and people that knew him, that had been going on in that house for years since they lived there. So um, I think it was a little bit of everything. I think it was all the negativity. I think that at some point there was some demonic activity um, and I think culminated with the drugs and all of the abuse that he had suffered from his dad all those years. I think Butch just checked out, you know. Um, if you believe in the paranormal, especially the demonic, it's a cesspool for it. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good word. It's an, it's an absolute Definitely. cesspool. Because do I think that they moved into a haunted house? No. I think they created it. Because not only... Do you have all this negativity and everything just like Becky was talking about? But then you have this horrific 
tragic thing happen that's only going to feed the demon, demons, whatever the fuck it was, and then you're going to have their spirits linger because of what happened to them. So, I mean, even if they didn't walk into a haunted house, they sure as fuck created one. And yeah. it, it very well could have been voices telling him to kill them. Because at this point, just like you said, very vulnerable, on drugs, very high, drunk, um, so much negativity going on at this point that he's, even if he was hallucinating it, who's to say he was? Now, Ronald did originally say, uh, per his defense lawyer, that he did hear voices the night of the murders. Um, he later recanted this story, and that's when he said that it was Dawn did it, and then he shot and murdered Dawn. Um, he later said that that was part of what the lawyer wanted him to use as a defense. Now, it could, he could possibly, he, he even has said that he could possibly have had heard voices, but who's to know if that didn't come from the drugs and the alcohol? I mean, right. He who's was, to know? He was a heroin addict. So, you know, I mean, it, it there could have, listen, head trauma from all the times his dad hit him in the head. If there was any type of, uh, you know, mental defect, like he possibly could have had depression or bipolar disorder or schizophrenia or something culminated I'm, I'm talking about all these things combined like head trauma from the beatings he suffered from his dad some type of undiagnosed mental illness on top of drugs and i'm not talking about you know full-on heroin and drinking like you take all of those things he could have very well been hearing voices and thought they were demons telling him to kill his family. That very well could have happened. I, I, I am a firm believer in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, wholeheartedly. Uh, so, interestingly enough, a year after the murders is when uh, Ronald DeFeo Jr. was convicted and sentenced. And then a month after his conviction and sentence. And a year and a month after the murders in December of 1975 is when we get into the story of what led us to the Amityville horror history. George and Kathy Lutz and Kathy's three children, George's three stepchildren, move into the home. Um, now, when they move into the house, all of the original furniture is still there. Um... Now they the, paid, I think, an extra four hundred dollars for all of to the, keep. That's right. The they furniture. did pay extra money to keep the furniture. Um, now it obviously wasn't the mattresses, but the bed frames. The kids were sleeping in the rooms that had the original bed frames. Right. Okay. And the bullet case. There were still um, the boys found. Uh, boxes of bullets that matched the same that were used in the gun that Ronald used in the murders. These were in Butch's closet when they moved into the house and the boys were playing with bullets. So I, yeah, and we'll get, we'll get a little bit more. That may sound like, why would anybody, we're going to get more into that. That had a little bit more to do with George than what a lot of people may know. And we'll get into that later. But, um, George had a, uh, by the time Kathy had met George, 
uh, George had a really good paying job. He was working for himself as a contractor. He had his own business. He had cars. He had a boat. He had a motorcycle. He was really well to do. And um, that's when they decided to move into this big house uh, that had the boathouse by the canal, the swimming pool and everything. I mean, they thought it was just like the dream home for them. Well, especially because they got it on such a low price. Yeah, because of that murder deal. And uh, they were like, there's a mass murder here. And they were like, huh? So So according to George and Kathy later, they say that they didn't know until after they bought the house that it was the house that was the site of the DeFeo murders. That they, they supposedly, or at least George says he supposedly didn't know until after they bought the house. Um, yeah, guys, they only paid $80,000 for this house back in 1970. That motherfucker was a mansion back then. Okay, so I'm just going to let you guys know right now. I mean, I'm, I'm not telling anybody where I live, of course. I'm not a fucking idiot. But um, I feel like you should I have give the exact two... address. There's a place on Ocean. I'm going to give the exact coordinates. Um, <laughs> Longitude. <laughs> I live in a three-bedroom, two-bath two home. It's pretty small. I mean, it's about average size house. And this was almost $90,000. So, yeah. Like, what the fuck? We Did you paid, buy a house where a mass murder happened? If we paid that much for that house, minus the murder. <laughs> Honestly, I would pay for it now. I mean, It's exercise. Listen, it's fine. Listen. 80000 Are you kidding? Listen. <laughs> <laughs> This house. Is I mean, okay, I wouldn't so want to live in New York, but it gives it gives a description that it's a five bedroom um, home. You're a five so bedroom the, home. The house that actually, right? <laughs> uh, where the the infamous cut out windows that look like the eyes that no longer look like that. That was one feature that they immediately took off when the new owners um, to make it less distinction, uh, less of a distinction, because that is. Basically, the iconic, I mean, the movie posters, the, the everything, book, everything um, is those windows. So that's actually a bedroom. That attic room was turned into a huge bedroom. I think it still is, actually. Um, yeah, I mean, five bedrooms and all that. Yeah, that's that was Sounds a fucking great. seal. Um, <laughs> so they move into the house and um, according to them, it was only 28 days that they lived in the house. Could you say it was 28 days later? I mean, it is kind of convenient. (laughs) (laughs) It was exactly 28 days. Um, That they left after they were terrorized by paranormal phenomena. So... um, So, Father, I think it's Mancuso was a lawyer, judge of the Catholic court and psychotherapist who lived near the local rectory. And um, as the story goes, according to him, they asked him to come in to bless the home. And that's when he heard a uh, very loud voice say, get out. Um, if anybody's seen the original movie, it's the scene where there's all of the flies and then he hears the voices. Now, apparently the flies didn't happen that way. Um, and okay, that, that name, so the real priest was, uh, Father Picario, I think is how you say his actual name. Um, and there's been, so he has said 
there's just been a lot there's been some controversy um that uh father picario actually did visit the, uh, his i don't know if it's his story or his representative story has changed over the years he has said that uh at one point that he did visit the house but nothing unusual happened he said that it went then the story changed that he did visit the house uh did hear a voice but didn't know if it was somebody outside and didn't hear it distinctively say anything um and then there was even one time years later either through him or representatives where he stated that he actually only talked to the lutzes by phone he never even came into the house so um hmm. you know it, it's hard to tell one way or the other if if that was true or not um so it's kind of bounced around like some of what the Lutzes say happened later on, not all of what happened. I mean, because there was a lot of stuff that was in the book that tra that went on into the movie, like blood coming out of the walls. That didn't happen. Um, the walls will ooze green slime. So there was, uh, <laughs> oh, what was it? Um, yeah, a lot of the stuff that, supposedly happened to the priest like a stigmata a fever the flies a, a lot of that didn't happen so that's been contested a little bit um and then there was a recording that came out now this was this was not long after uh ed and lorraine warren had been called in to visit the home by george lutz um and apparently later on, come to find out, George had contacted several paranormal investigators to come and uh, investigate the home. So uh, Hans Holzer was also a, another really famous parapsychologist. His daughter uh, still does some work like that. I think there was a, the Holzer files, if anybody has seen those. The episodes are on Discovery Plus still. Um but yeah, he did some investigating in the home uh, because it's always gone back and forth on whether or not it, it, if any of this was real. Um, but there was a recording that came out later that the Lutzes said they weren't proud of. And it was actually one where they were in, they were uh, meeting with uh, Ronald, uh, Ronald DeFeo Jr., Butch DeFeo's lawyer who, uh, like I mentioned earlier, was the one that uh, Butch said basically came up with the story that it was demonic activity to help with his case because what he was wanting to do was have Butch uh, plead uh, insanity. So uh, that's what the recording was. It was uh, Butch's lawyer and the Lutzes together saying that they basically made the story up. Um, or at least parts of the story. They always stated that at least some of the story, the pig face, the flies, I feel that like, that actually did happen. I feel like some of it has to have happened, especially because like we had talked about with all the negative stuff, but you're going to up and move out of a place like that in 28 days? Why? That's weird to me. Unless there's a reason. Well... What we later find out is actually how much of this affected the kids. So, um, if you guys quick, keep hearing a crazy ass noise, I'm sorry. My stomach is, 
for the past like four hours and I don't understand. So if you keep getting, if you hear moaning in the background or possible weird growling noises, be not afraid. It is not paranormal. It is my tum. <laughs> yes. There's no paranormal activity happening, at least not, not right, right now. This, not right this moment. Um, William Weber is the name of uh, Butch DeFeo's defense lawyer, by the way. The Lutzes actually tried to unsuccessfully sue him, and the case was dismissed in 1979. Okay. Basically because that recording came out. Um, <laughs> well, well. <laughs> if it is at the consequences of my own actions. <laughs> now, what's interesting enough, though, is uh, George and Kathy both... Um, now, I read somewhere, it doesn't say here in the Wikipedia page that we've been using, um, it only says there was one taken back in 19, one taken in 1979, but I actually read that they've taken up to three polygraph tests, George and Kathy both, and they've passed every single one. So this one in Wikipedia state, uh, was from June of 1979. It was performed by, uh, Chris Gugas and Michael Rice who at the time were among the top five polygraph experts in America, they typically train with the FBI. So these guys know what they're doing. And those results on that one indicated that they were not lying. So, um, I mean, it's, I, I had a hard time believing the Lutzes for a while. It was, it was just really hard for me to believe because I just, I thought it was too good to be true that they buy this house that they supposedly don't know. And then, oh, they find out. And then all of this crazy shit happens. And then they leave less than a month later and they go move all the way to California. And then all of a sudden they hide, they want, they want to bring in the top paranormal investigators, Han, uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren, Hans Holzer, all of these news media to come in, but they won't step foot in the house. Now I will say this. They never profited from any of the book or any of the movies that came out after that. Unfortunately, when George Lutz tried to copyright Amityville Horror, he was unsuccessful. So uh, the once it, I think actually before he died, so I think George died in 2006. Kathy died before before him. I, oh gosh, I wish I could find that because I do not remember when Kathy passed away. Um, but I believe it was 2006 that, uh, George passed away. And before he passed away, the 2005 remake of the Amityville Horror that, uh, starred Ryan Reynolds, uh, he tried to unsuccessfully sue the, uh, film before he died. Um, he called it drivel <laughs> and said it was just, I mean, the movie uh, <laughs> all of them Casper's okay, you guys the, can't see my face the but. original came out in 1979 two years after this happened well three years three years and it really it at the time it probably scared the shit out of everybody because they were capitalizing off of the exorcist and everything else you know hey time is money they hit the timing right but I tried to watch that movie now. It does not hold up. It's on HBO Max. So is the remake. Listen, we only watch that for Ryan Reynolds, we know. And uh She's not wrong. I don't even You know, watch you, it. you watch that scene. You watch Ryan that Reynolds. scene and then that's about it. That's it. That's it. then you're done. 
And the, what the scene? movie's terrible. That scene. And that's it. And the, otherwise, the movie's terrible. And the 1979 one does not hold up. There were parts of, of it. All of them are terrible. There were parts of it that I was actually laughing. So, I I mean, like, I was legit laughing. It's kind of like when we went back. Whoa. It's kind of like when we went back and watched The Legend of Boggy Creek. And I straight up was like, this is not the movie I remember. You, me, and my husband. And we, and even my husband was like, wait. And I had never seen it. So, I'm over here like, huh? You're over here like, what the fuck? And you two are like, this is I'm like, this is not, not what I remember. what you remember. <laughs> this I'd rather watch Abominable. <laughs> and a wolf. There's been some Bigfoot movies out there too, guys. Amity, Amityville movies and Big... Surprised they haven't made an Amityville list. Bigfoot. I just put it out in the universe and they're going to do it. You know they are. True. At least there are good Bigfoot movies. There's no good. There Amityville. is not one like, Amityville not even, movie. Not even the original one. There is not up. one Amityville movie that is good. And guys, I've only seen the original one in the remake. Apparently there's know, like 24. I don't know any of these other... I... I... No. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. I saw the second one, which was The Possession, and it was... I love you, Tommy Lee Wallace, but sir, um, this movie was not good. I did not like the themes of this fictional family that wasn't the DeFeos, but was the DeFeos. And then they had this weird thing that like the oldest and the youngest who were clearly supposed to be Butch and Don, like had some kind of incestual thing going. Listen, any movie that goes off the rails on that, the only one that was acceptable was Crimson Peak. And if you know, you know. But otherwise, you start going off into brothers and sisters getting a nasty. I'm done. You lose me immediately. Especially there. when I you're based know. off a real family, but you're not. No. Like, it was. No, I'm sorry. That movie crossed the line. Listen, with me. I couldn't. The do only it. thing I have ever seen, movie wise, about Amityville at all that did anything right was the beginning of The Conjuring 2. Yes. That is it. That is literally it. Because it was like the real story. Hmm? Yeah. That's when the literally Warrens, it. When the Warrens visited the home. Um, I think we've talked about it too. The infamous photo that was taken inside yeah. the home when they were investigating. I mean, They really that, played off that photo. That was that really cool. That clearly looks exactly like uh, John Matthew. I mean... It, there's no doubt in my mind that that's not John Matthew's spirit. I love that, that picture. That picture is amazing. It's just, I mean, it's it's it it was his room. It this it, there clearly weren't any kids in there anywhere. Also, if there was, um, why sir, you what have, kind of glowing yeah. contacts do you have? Yeah, what's going on? If that <laughs> happened in a picture like that in a dark house. Yeah, it just and I believe what. Lorraine said that that she felt the most evil she's ever felt in that house. I do believe there was a lot of demonic activity in that home. Now, listen, I don't believe a lot of it came from any Native American curse. I know that was something that was played on because it was lot. on burial ground, right? It, it well, on. so there's Chinook. Uh, I believe that's the name of the tribe that was there at that time prior to it being home. Um, it. Listen, the U.S. is a goddamn Indian burial ground. I mean, if we That's really want to go there, like, let's go there. But um, the entire this, this wasn't land. like 
This wasn't like a poltergeist situation where there was literally bones buried underneath the house. And it wasn't that. And I, I know that um, that was something that Lorraine said that she channeled. Now, there very well could have been an Indian battle. And I think that there was near that area. So you're in an area of New York that's pretty much kind of in the in a valley. And there were a lot of Indian tribes, some that had even migrated over from, uh, I mean, we know that other colonies or other countries visited here way, 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 way before the 1400s. So, uh, yeah, I know, right? Mind-blowing. Google. Um, <laughs> it's a thing. Who knew? Uh, it. So we know that there were Indians there at the time. Apparently, there was some sort of battle near there, but there's no burial grounds or tunnels that bullshit that's been played on by these movies over the years, especially the 2005, the 2005, oh my God, I'm so sorry. That crap pissed me to fuck off. That was probably the biggest bukkake bullshit of that whole poop. goddamn fucking movie. You said goddamn. I got so mad. I'm she said goddamn. And then just like making up a dead kid that didn't even exist, like that Joey character that literally didn't even exist. You made up a whole dead kid. You made <laughs> you made up a whole kid. Like the fact that actual children died, and then you made up this whole dead kid for this stupid ass fucking movie. I'm sorry, Ryan. I'm sorry you were ever in that. <laughs> like I'm sorry for anybody that was involved you in that a movie job. at all. You know it paid. I'm glad Why was Sarah Paulson in a fucking Hallmark movie in 2010? She needed a shit paycheck. Listen, sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. I don't blame. I don't blame them. Make your money. Do what you gotta do. I told. Totally I love it. seeing them in commercials. I'm like, ooh, but are you? It's just money? It's just hilarious to me. I'm just like, oh my god, this is awful. Yeah, I just don't so understand bad. why they can't make a good movie about it. I don't understand why out of all 27,000 movies that have been made. About Amityville, all of them morally suck ass. Oh my ass. god, there was one in 3D. Of course there was. I'm surprised it wasn't in fucking space. Why <laughs> does that look like <coughs> dinosaur claw? I don't even... Guys, I'm sorry. Uh, you'll just have to Google. Was Life it... finds I... a way. I... <laughs> Guys, they've done Amityville, the dinosaur, the the vampire, Jurassicville, the, uh, the doll. There's a there's an Amityville doll. Apparently, I don't know. Uh, it just literally since the 70s, this has gone off the. Rails. Was her name Annabelle Lee? I mean, I think that's part of the reason. <coughs> I'm so sorry. I think that was part of the reason why. Um. Oh, okay. I'm okay. Now I remember what they did with that stupid ass 2005 one. It wasn't so much the Indian part. They were using John Ketchum, who whose name got linked. They don't even know if John Ketchum was real. Apparently, they don't. I mean, apparent that guy was a myth. I, I the story has been passed down for so many years. They don't even know if he was real. But um, it somehow got linked to Salem and. So yeah, they really went off the rails. <laughs> Stupid ass movie. Oh wow. Um. Yeah, now I can see why George Lutz sued them because I probably would have sued him too. 
Because that's fucking He literally terrible. was like, what um, the fuck? He's like, literally on my deathbed, I'm going to sue you. <laughs> uh, but apparently he sued a lot of people. Like, even after the... So, when he tr- he tried to copyright Amityville Horror, and apparently since it wasn't... I don't know how that happened. Like, after the book was published, the publishing company yeah. apparently got copyrights to the name Amityville Horror. So George never had it. So it was way too late by the time George tried to copyright the name Amityville Horror. And by that time, there had already been enough shit fucking movies that had come out. It just was too late. And he, uh, yeah, I mean, tried as he might, he just couldn't win any of these lawsuits. I mean, he damn near sued this one on his deathbed because he literally died the year after. Um... So, something a lot of you may not know is that uh, Daniel and Christopher Lutz, the two oldest boys that were Kathy's and George's stepchildren, Kathy's children, George's stepchildren, um, have been pretty vocal in the last few years about what actually happened to them specifically in the home. Um, Now, the youngest daughter apparently doesn't, she has a very private life I don't think I don't even know if she communicates with any of her um family Melissa I don't think Melissa communicates with any of the family I think she just kind of let that all go and doesn't talk to anybody um do what you gotta do man I get it look I get it I mean especially for the fact that your name's have now been linked to that forever and there's been all these horrible movies and <laughs> that's that's your name that's who you really are and every year i mean every couple of years like you may be fine for a couple of years and then another fuck movie comes out and now people are I like didn't realize- oh is that you your last name is Lutz are you that Lutz and you're like fuck i didn't know realize I mean? there were literally 25 fucking movies yeah I thought they were, I knew there was like the four. I knew about. Oh my God. Guys, if you go to the Tubi app and just type in Amityville, (laughs) yeet out of a window. It is awful. I didn't even know. I thought there was like three. There's like like, an Amityville Island. There's 25 fucking movies. I was like, like, what? (sighs) Why? And they keep. (laughs) And they can't even do it fucking right. Like, well, you can't even make a good one. Like, you just... Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, you almost wish George would have gotten a copyright, but then again, what I've heard about this guy, he... I'm kind of glad he didn't. He would have just made another one of a movie he where would he have just it was a demonic possession. And... making awful... <laughs> <laughs> he just probably would have kept making terrible movies himself. So, um, Daniel and Christopher in the last few years have been, uh, probably the most vocal. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I found out what happened. Uh, Kathy died in 2004. She had emphysema and George died in 2006 of heart disease. They divorced in the late eighties. Uh, so, um, (coughs) George, or I'm sorry, uh, Daniel, filmed a uh, documentary in 2013 called My Amityville Horror. And what that documentary was basically about was it... Daniel. So D- Christopher was the oldest, Daniel was the middle child. Melissa I thought the Daniel youngest. was the oldest. Was no, I wrong? No, I think Daniel was the middle child. 
the way they have it hold on yeah because when the kids moved into the house i'm trying to i found i just had the ages here Okay, no, you're right. Daniel's the oldest because Daniel was nine, Christopher was seven, and Melissa okay, was, I was five. Like, I legit thought so he was Christopher's, Christopher's in the middle. <clears throat> Daniel, this is basically told from Daniel's point of view of growing up or of living in the house as a child. Um, and he. So, according to Daniel, and I have an article that actually. Even though, now, apparently Christopher and Daniel don't speak either. Um, and according to Christopher, it was Daniel actually making that documentary that led to them falling out. Even though Christopher and Daniel were pretty much both in agreement of what they thought about uh, George. Like, neither one of them liked George at all. I'm actually, uh, I didn't know that that was what caused Christopher to, like, basically have a falling out with Yeah, him. so there was, I only found this one article, but there were two videos that I watched. One that was on YouTube and one that was uh, from the Huffington Post. And they, that that's what Christopher basically says. Um, I should also note that uh, Christopher no longer uses the Lutz last name. He uses uh, Kathy's maiden name. Balzano, I believe that's what it is. Yeah. Um, so that just goes to show you. I mean, technically, he doesn't have to use that name, uh, you know. But um, according to Daniel, when their father, when their mother and father split and their mom met George, their father signed over rights to George and George legally adopted them. So that's how they got the Lutz last name. But uh, as far as I know, I guess Daniel still keeps Lutz, but Chris uses uh, Chris uses uh, Kathy's maiden name. Um, so according to Daniel, the reason why George bought the house was that George was all George was very much into satanic activity. Um, he sort of covered it up in the guise of being into transcendental meditation. Now there is nothing wrong with transcendental meditation. It's actually very healthy. I've read up on it. I have not done it myself because I'm not rich uh, or have the time and patience. <laughs> um, no, a lot of people that do it now, it just, it takes a lot of time. So mm -hmm. you hear a lot of rich people talk about it. Like you really have to have like Howard Stern and staying and like they do it. Um, but it, it's meditation is good. Meditation is very good. It's a very, very, very healthy thing. Even if you can meditate for 15 minutes a day, I'm telling you, it will do you wonders to just clear your mind of everything to focus. Free your mind. But he did it under the guise of being into meditation. And that's kind of, so I don't, I don't, Kathy really wasn't into any of that. No. She knew, I think, but I don't think she knew to the scope of what it was. But George was, like, according to Daniel and according to Christopher, George was into satanic activity. He was very, very, very interested in conjuring spirits. He had books about satanic activity. He had books about witchcraft. He had, uh, yeah, I mean, there were a lot of books that Daniel said in this documentary. Um, 
that he remembered seeing even as a kid that he just thought was really strange and he remembered showing them to his mom and his mom was like don't touch george's stuff like just leave george's stuff alone um and according to him what he contests is that the reason that george knew full well what this house was and what had happened in this house and that was the big part of the reason why he bought this house because he he himself was trying to conjure a spirit or a, a demon or whatever he was trying to conjure something in that house and uh I mean, apparently he did. According to them, he did. There was a lot of a lot of the activity didn't start until uh, he started actually doing things in the home. And uh, so supposedly the red room was a room that was underneath. So in the basement, there was like a room underneath the staircase that uh george had painted red so it wasn't a big room it was a small room it was literally just the size uh i had something similar if, if anybody uh in my house the house i had growing up if anybody has like a staircase into your basement there's usually like a closet room that's actually underneath that staircase and you just typically use it for storage because it's like the size of a closet so george painted that room red and apparently that was the room that George would like sit in to quote unquote meditate. And that's where I think, I don't, I don't know if this, I think that was from, no, it wasn't in Miami the Horror. It was the interview that I saw with Christopher where he talked about there actually being a, um, he is pretty sure he remembers seeing a uh, like pentagram on the ground in the room jesus that george you need painted jesus. that george painted there and um you know even so in miami the horror which was amazing you get to see footage of uh lorraine daniel decides uh in this documentary that he was going to try to talk to a therapist to get this all out he goes back and interviews with the uh two reporters from the local uh, news station there in uh, Amityville that were the two original reporters that came into the home with Ed and Lorraine to investigate. And the one reporter, I think her name was Diana, mm -hmm. they go see Lorraine at her house. Now this was after Ed had already passed away with Daniel. She had not seen Daniel since he was a child. It was such an amazing moment. And uh, even Lorraine, when she was talking to Daniel, said that there were things about George that even she thought were kind of off. That he just... And she didn't know anything. She didn't know anything at all about any of it. None of it. Um, apparently, I don't... Did they say outright that George was abusive or that he just didn't even know? I'm trying to remember. I, I kept hearing, I kept remembering hearing Daniel say that George was no kind of dad. Mm -hmm. Like he didn't even. He, he, would, he no, just kept saying he was an asshole. He had no fatherly instincts whatsoever. I remember him saying that a lot. Like there was no, you got no, there was no like, oh, let's play catch or give you a hug or help you with your homework. I mean, like none of that. He had no, there was no type of dad instincts at all. Like th just none at all. Like just a complete 
like leave me alone don't talk to me just a total asshole and this was you know they try to portray it in the movies that that was part of what happened in the house that it was taking over george like it was butch this demon was and when in actual in actuality if you believe what chris and daniel say this demonic activity was what george was conjuring up george knew full well what was going on in that house or what had happened in that house as far as the murders and he had always been interested in uh conjuring spirits and demonic activity and he felt like this home was the perfect place to do that because it was the site of such horrific murders and they had just happened I, apparently that all even played into him wanting to buy the original furniture i mean that's how that's makes literally sense. how morbid this whole thing was in George's eyes. Like he, I mean, if you want to believe in soldier soul to the devil, I would say George Lutz did. Like if you want to believe what Daniel and Christopher, Christopher have to say, like he, he was ready to give up everything to conjure demonic activity in this home because this was going to be the perfect stomping grounds to do it because a hor horrible murders took place here. Mm -hmm. horrible murders happened and it wasn't even a year after they happened and he brought children into that home but according to daniel daniel was uh george it was like george was using the kids as conduits for these spirits probably because kids are and more in tune to spirits well and it's not like uh George even cared about these kids because they weren't his kids. He didn't give a shit about them. He didn't anybody. care about them. They weren't his kids and he didn't care about anybody. He did not care about anybody but himself. I think, you know, everything that he was after, it was for himself. And he thought that this was just one more way to get what he wanted. Uh, was like I said, he thought more more power would happen to him by conjuring these demons or just to be able to capitalize on this home the name the murders everything i think i think it was everything and uh unfortunately you know according to daniel that he did end up becoming possessed when they moved back to california or when they ended up moving to california uh according to him there was an exorcism that took place there was a spirit there there was a demonic possession in george this demon uh latched on to daniel and he had to have an exorcism and it wasn't long after that at the age of about 14 or 15 he left home 14 years old and was homeless he said fuck this shit and left and basically you know, I mean, as much of a job as you could get it at that time, at that age, in the, you know, I'm like, guessing this would be the early 80s, he said he, what, like, drifted around the desert for a while, he was, took odd jobs, and then, um, you know, uh, he ended up getting married years later and having kids of his own, and, you know, now, well, from the time of the documentary, when it came out in 2013, he had had his own business. But um, this is something that has, you know, literally and figuratively haunted him his entire life. You could see the anger and the trauma in him. And he had every right to be. I would have so much anger in me to have to go through feeling like your biological father abandoned you. Your mother latches on to this other guy that's a total psycho, come to find out. 
who's basically using you because he's into all of this demonic activity, buys this home that had these horrific murders. Three of the murders were children and no disregard to that or no regard to that at all because you don't care. And you're basically trying to use these kids as conduits to conjure activity that you've been involved in already. It's just... I, how could you not still be angry? I don't blame Christopher or Daniel in being angry. I don't blame Melissa and wanting to just have nothing to do with it at all. Like, I would have changed my name and just... Peace out. Yeah, been done with it. But, um, you know, I guess that was Daniel's. I don't think that, you know, because I don't, I don't, uh... As far as I could tell, because it took me so long to find out about it, I don't think Daniel really capitalized on that documentary at all. I don't think there's something that he was trying to make money off of. I think he just wanted his own story out there because there was something that he was mentioning during therapy, how he kind of felt like he lost his name. Mm -hmm. Because like we were saying, there's been all these movies. So they've, one kid's been named this in a movie and another kid's been named this in a movie and then you've still got that last name so people are like oh my god is that you from the movies even into your adulthood so you feel like you've just you feel like you've lost yourself and it's i think this was part of his way of reclaiming his story back and also getting it out there that george was not this person that people think he was and he you know going back to suing a lot of people and this is something that even um christopher mentioned a lot was how uh sue happy and libel george was not only for that copyright but that if uh daniel wanted to do this documentary a long time ago he wanted his story out a long time ago but uh, apparently uh george threatened to sue him even even oh, then. George wanted to sue him. We'll like just call. We're just gonna call George Sue. Mm -hmm. His name is Sue. He's a boy named Sue. And <laughs> I mean, a boy named Sue. After you've put your stepkids through all of this, you're gonna sue them. You're a great guy. You're a great guy. Really? I wish I could really, have met George? him. I wish I could have met him. You know, it's just interesting enough when people like that die and it always has something to do with their heart. I just always think that's interesting. That's just always really interesting to me. Because I'm like, there's a place mm -hmm. on ocean. Isn't <laughs> <laughs> that special? Like, it's just, I mean, it's just so convenient that that's how he died. I'm like, well, a heart attack, really. <clears throat> sips my tea hmm. <laughs> yeah so if anybody gets the chance to um watch my amityville horror uh you you have to rent it on you either have to have like the ifc add-on or rent it from it's uh, only four dollars it is worth it if you guys really, really are interested in this story and you want to get it from someone who was actually there from his point of view i mean this can that completely turned the story on my head because I really had it in me that George and Kathy had lied about some of it, but maybe told the truth about part of it, but want to just make money. I, I mean, I really did. I had it in me for a long time. I believed Ed and Lorraine. 
because I believed that fucking picture because there was no fuck that picture has been studied up down all the way around nobody has been able to to disprove that that mm -hmm. photo there were no kids there the night that photo was taken it looks way too much like the youngest Tefeo child it just it, that that picture is just foolproof for me um and I believe I you know I believe Lorraine when she said how evil she felt that house was and I think all of that has been there since the DeFeos. I think uh, even before the murders, I think that negativity just <clears throat> festered. Like, you know, Casper said the perfect word when she said cesspool. Like, it had been... Well, then you throw the Lutzes into the mix. And now you have somebody that is actually trying to conjure demonic those, activity. They moved in and those demons went, it's time. <laughs> hey, Steve, we got a live one here. We gotta like, we gotta come on, come on. Go. This is everything we gotta, we've been waiting this for. Is what we, he actually wants us to come. Why are we chilling? Let's go. <laughs> yep, let's do this. So and then they were yeah. like, "Hey, Porky, <laughs> it's your turn, Porky." Be very, very quiet. <laughs> yeah, man. Like he was. It just—it's crazy. It's just so. I I think it's worth it to watch. My Amityville horror, if anybody, because it just completely flipped the story for me. Um, as far as how I felt about the Lutzes in that story, and uh, something I love about this story as a whole are people who don't even believe in the paranormal are just fascinated by this because you have two things colliding that don't collide very often. Um, where it's kind of like the devil made me do it like the conjuring um you don't have true crime meets demonic activity very often in the media usually it's like those two those two things right there are two of the biggest things that i can think of um or true crime murder and paranormal like um the lizzie borden house yeah i mean that that doesn't happen that often where you have something that actually happened and then uh unexplained phenomena from that real true crime event that took place um not to mention what's crazy about that one too is you do have the residual mm -hmm. energy there but they're very intelligent very intelligent yeah. andrew and abby are both very intelligent spirits but what's insane and the kids the kids are intelligent too but it's so interesting for that to have that and residual in the same house. That's why I believe that in the uh, Amityville home, I think that prior to the home... Now, I do believe since the home has had a few owners since 1979... Um, I don't know how long. I think the owners that have lived there now, because I think the original listing was from like 2017 or 2018. So they live there. It's for been a couple of years. years yeah. I think at some point, and it was never reported, but I think at some point, like Lorraine Warren said, the home did undergo an ex exorcism. I, I do believe that the children were still stuck in the home. I think the three youngest DeFeo children were still stuck in the home. Four. Or four youngest. I think they were still stuck in the home. Um, I think that their spirits hadn't left. Um, I think that's why we got the footage that we did. That we that 
you know, everybody has seen that, that little boy. I think that the kids' spirits were still very much trapped in that home. And <coughs> I think any demonic activity, honestly, I think that home became sort of a, uh, I guess, uh, kind of for lack of a better way to describe it, um, is kind of like the further in uh, Insidious. Like, I think that, I think that that home became like a, uh, I think there was like a vortex there. I don't think it was just demonic activity in that house. I think that George, I think that there was also, I think that there was already the cesspool of the growing negative energy that by the time George got there, I think George conjured something. And I think that it literally created just like a vortex or a, uh, what's what, or a portal. portal. There's, there was literally a portal for uh, paranormal activity that spirits, both uh, positive and negative, were just always in that home. That's what I, that's what I personally think. I, I do think that there was demonic activity, but I think that that home, I think that George literally opened up a portal in that home. I think if he was trying to conjure something, he definitely did it. And I think at some point that that home, it had to have. I, I just think the fact that there's been families that have been able to live there since and nothing happened and they've been able to live there peacefully, which is great. Because like we've talked about in the beginning, it's a beautiful property. Um, and if you watch the 2B documentary, it shows a lot of property, uh, a lot of the property. They've got like Very a drone pretty. that drives over, uh, that flies overhead, this drone footage. So beautiful. It's amazing property. So God bless the family that lives there now. I'm so glad the house has been cleansed. I'm so glad they they get to enjoy it. They deserve it. It's beautiful. Um, but uh, yeah, it definitely would have had to have been cleansed. There was just way too much going on in that home. Both, both just all of it negative. Whether it was demonic or not, there was nothing but negative energy from the start <clears throat> in that house. So the one poor house never other, really had a chance. Yeah, once the DeFeos moved in there, that house was fucked and it needed to be cleansed. It needed it. It needed it before the Lutzes moved in there. Oh, George yeah. knew exactly what, if you believe what Daniel and Christopher have to say, George knew exactly what he was doing. And that was his goal, was to conjure demonic activity in that home. And I believe he was successful. I mean, according to Daniel, he had to go through an exorcism at a very young age because of what George did. Well, considering both of them said that, like, it, it would just, it makes sense. Yeah. It really makes sense as to why they went through it and no one else did after them. Like, it just... Mm. So, yeah, guys, um, Casper, I don't know if you had anything else to add. I know. It's I believe been crazy. I, I believe everything that you're saying. This is just like, such a crazy story. I mean, I've, I have been so, you know, I guys, the Amityville story is what got me into the Warrens. It was one of my mom's favorite. It's actually, no, no, books. it's not. Annabelle and that was, was uh, that Amityville, what, you know, I found out about Annabelle later, but Amityville was the original story that led me, you know, my mom telling me about Ed and Lorraine. So I wouldn't have known about Ed and Lorraine if it wasn't for Amityville. So I jumped, I've jumped head first for years into this story. I mean, I've followed everything I can about, especially about the DeFeo family, because that case, 
it just will, it just, there's so much about that case that will never, ever, ever sit right with me. So that's what I'm saying. Even if you ignore the Lutzes part of the story, whether you believe in George and Kathy and what they had to say, whether you believe with what, hey, George and Kathy passed lie detector tests. Hey, whether you believe that or not, they did um, for at least some of what happened. A lot in the book and the movie was obviously fictional. If you believe what Daniel and Christopher have to say, it was all George's fault and he conjured all those spirits. But even if you let all of that go, there is so much that happened with that DeFeo case and those murders that Butch committed that just will forever be unanswered because everybody, including Butch now, as of March of this year, are dead. So I'm over here still trying to think, how the fuck did no one hear the gunshots? That's what I'm saying, guys. <laughs> like I really that, wish somebody would explain that to me. That fucks and me I've up seen more than so anything. many documentaries for years. For years. Where that number one thing has never been pointed out that nobody in the home ran out or reacted when they heard the gunshots, and no neighbors that close reacted at all when they heard the gunshots not, not even, even to the call fucking the animals not even to call the police and they heard the dog barking that's literally all anybody ever reported hearing was the dog barking that was it that's fucked up but even so i'm not saying go over there and knock on the goddamn door when you hear six gunshots or more <laughs> But uh, hey, everybody, okay, knock on the door and shoot my head. You're off. gonna fucking call Just the peace. Call the peace. You're gonna call the peace. Call the peace. We're gonna call the peace. <laughs> <gonna call> <laughs> um, <clears throat> at least a wellness check. I mean, I would. I've been hearing some gum, sh gum shots. It's okay. It's okay. You're like I'm done. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm done. I don't I mean, You're not going to go over there yourself because you're going to call the cops. No, I'm not going to be like, hey, store, so I, I heard right like very now. loud gunshots. Yes. Um, you might want to go. And look. I heard several. Could we please do a wellness check? That'd be great. <laughs> Just make sure there's no dead bodies in the house. Good God. That Could will a movie never... with the volume turned all the way up. I don't know, but I just wish somebody would go check, please. Go that would that? that does not that fucks me up more than anything else in any of this. And like that. I said, it forever will, and nobody's uh, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. The Lutz's story aside, it, it the DeFeo case is crazy, and so many unanswered questions. And like I said, everybody involved is dead. So we'll we're never gonna know. We're never the gonna world know. We may never know. So well, it does take three licks to get to the center of a tissue pop. What? <laughs> That's the world may never know. How many licks does it take to get to the tootsie center roll of a tootsie pop? I was gonna say, is that is that what is that how your brain's working right now? Is the owl looking at tootsie pop? He goes one, two, three, three. I'm like that commercial is older than you are. I remember it. It's older <laughs> than me, and I remember it. <laughs> Listen, Tootsie Pops with the shit. I love I love <clears throat> Tootsie Pops right now. <clears throat> I'm so sorry. <laughs> but no, I believe everything you're saying. I 100% agree with all of it. I just... There's a part of me... I know there's nothing there now, and I wouldn't go if there was, because no. But I would love to see the house in person. Oh, yeah. I would love to see that house I would love to just see it. <clears throat> it's really go, funny because one, one of my friends was like, oh, hey, did you know that the Conjuring house 
has overnight stays. Oh my god, there's a fucked up documentary on 2B2 where some people stay in that house and um mm. and I straight up went, "You can go." So And she's like, "Well, why wouldn't you go?" And I'm like, "I don't li- no. Me and my husband watched it. <laughs> no. And my husband gets, I think I told you guys, oh my god, <coughs> the Frighteners is on TV. Um, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> oh my god. I got so fucking excited. Guys, guys if she, you have not seen, listen, listen, oh I god. will forever, I will sing Michael J. Fox is in a horror movie. Can we just stop and appreciate that for one goddamn second? Can we just appreciate the fact that Michael J. Fox is in a horror movie anyway? I mean, and it's incredible and it's good. And I, it's, it's, oh my God, just please everybody get to be, it's free. And if you've never seen the Frighteners for the love of God, watch this movie. We're going to do a podcast episode about it because we have to. Because it's single-handedly one of my all-time favorite. I mean, it is it is right up there. It it's one of my all-time favorite movies. I've I've seen it so many times. I I love it. I don't know if you if you've seen it and you know what I'm talking about. You love it too. It's just there's there's I don't understand why you don't have Tubi. Tubi is literally free, and they're really stepping their game up. I just turned my 75 year old dad onto it because it's got so many old movies. Guys, there's stuff on there from, like, the 1930s. I was like, the fuck? <laughs> My dad's like, oh, great, Groucho Marx. I was like, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> the fuck, Dad? What? Seriously. So, look, it's great Why? for the whole family. Why it's great your... for Grandma. It's great for the kids. It's got kids programming. Everybody. You I'm going to say be. something that's going to blow your absolute fucking mind, but you've probably thought of it. Why in the motherfuck does your dad remind me so much of Brad Dorif? I need an explanation they would get along. for this. I, really I needed a legitimate so. you know what? Every time they do doing that. Okay, so you know after the Chucky episodes when they, they do, do the, the behind the scenes with yeah. him. And I'm just like, I literally look at him and I'm like, that's Sophia's dad. I'm like, him and my dad would be so cute. <laughs> Not Robert England, because I love him. But he doesn't remind me of Robert England. I don't know what it is. Even though they're the same age. I don't know what it is, but he reminds really me weird. so much of Because there was this chick, I saw she took a picture with Robert England, like, a couple years back. And she's like, oh my god, he's so hot. And I was like, I'm sorry, I can't look at him that way. I'm like, him and my dad are the same age. I could not look at Robert England and go, he's hot. I, I can't. That's you just, look at Brad? That's up. stepping I, back in 87. <laughs> I would give him until at least the early 2000s. Okay, yeah, same. He's, a, he's still he a nice looking he old was, guy. He was pretty good looking when he was on Dead. Was it Deadwood? I think it was Dead. Yeah. He is absolutely fucking adorable now. He's so cute. Oh my god. Yeah, they would get along. I could see that. I don't know why he reminds me, even meeting him. I am telling you, being in his presence, it's like being with your dad. Well, I, don't I need them to be friends so me and Fiona can be wink wink friends. And then I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need <laughs> and no. we can all be wink wink friends. And we, <laughs> that is an FWB right fucking there. Let me tell you right now. <laughs> like, oh hi, Brad. Wait, can, can I, I fuck your daughter? Friends? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I got permission. I got your dad's blessing. And I'm sure she'd be like, What? Her dad gave his blessing. <laughs> she'd be like, then no. Just go with it. <laughs> just just go with it. 
Um, by the way, real quick, guys, that documentary is called The Sleepless Unrest on Tubi about uh, some filmmakers who stay at the conjuring house, and it scared the shit out of me and my husband. Is it an actual movie, or is it real? It's real. It's not a movie. It's real. There's, like, a I'm music... i add that on my list. It starts off where this guy is, like, looking at this door, and all of a sudden it creaks open, and then it just slams shut. And immediately my husband was covered in goosebumps. And the whole rest of the time... We were both... We were both shaking, and it was... Oh, my God. The amount of doors that would just open and slam shut, I was like, I... Listen... That is single-handedly probably the, one of the most terrifying things that would ever happen to me. And if it happened in my face, if we're ever anywhere and in my face, like right in front of us, a door just slams or just opens up, I am gone. I'm not even gonna like. I'm not I'm, even gonna scream. I'm not gonna do anything. I'm just gonna be like, just fucking get up and leave. Just walks out dead silent. That's what's gonna happen. Dead fucking silent. I'm gonna pull a Josh Gates back when he used to do Expedition Unknown and they went to the Island of the Dolls. And that episode is probably one of the most terrifying things I've ever seen because he's standing in that hut and he's like right next to this doll and it's fucking eyes pop open. And he straight up went like, thank you and good night and walked out. <laughs> had a heart attack i i it's so he's like oh my god if something happens and that doll straight up eyes just popped open and he looked right at the camera and went thank you and good night and walked out of that would be me let a door just slam shut i'll go thanks folks have a great night and get up and walk you want me to go you want me okay that'd be a spongebob <laughs> all right i'm ahead um like i'm i'm gone I'm gone. Is that my phone charger? Yeah, I think that's mine. I'll take that and I'm leaving. I don't like, know what the fuck just happened. I don't really care. I'm gonna get the fuck up out of here. Fuck this shit up now. You have to tell me twice. You better leave. Okay? Like, oh, get out. Not. Sure. Okay. We're good. Sure. I'll okay. do that. You want me to do that? Great. Yeah, I'm not going the fucking conjuring house. She literally wanted to go. She wanted no. to go. No. I was like, honey. No. I will stay the night at the Borden house. No. I will stay the night at the Stanley Hotel. I will stay oh, the night. Oh, definitely would stay the night there. Most places the I've family. been to, I will stay the night. I don't even want to be on that property. Nope. <laughs> because if you remember the story, this is. If you remember the story. <laughs> this movie, by the way, is awful. Okay. <laughs> if you remember uh, the story that Andrea told. About after, yes, when her mother was in the hospital, yep, shot up out of bed, screamed Bathsheba's curse, and laid back down because it followed her. Yeah, that actually happened. That's kind of like a thing that they do, like demons follow you, like in case people don't know that. Just, what? just let you guys know. Demons, demons follow. Well, can't we just give it what it wants and it'll go away? No, because prob what it probably wants is Katie. <laughs> because of the women. Mika's a fucktard. 
me oh first watching Paranormal Activity God. going, oh my God, he did he did his best. Look, me watching it now. This gaslighting motherfucking piece of like, shit. all the trauma years <laughs> later, and then you rewatch movies, and you're like... <laughs> that movie and The Blair Witch Project, watching both of those years later as the woman that I am now is like... And, and this all, is terrifying and triggering as fuck. And, and all, terrifying and triggering. In all seriousness, though, everyone in Blair Witch was gaslighting each other. <laughs> like, in all seriousness, everyone. they all three were gaslighting each other. There was no... Also, I would not be a woman with two men I barely know in the woods. But okay, I don't like, normally travel with two men, if you get what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Two. She said that. She's like, I don't normally travel with two men, if you know what I'm saying. No, bitch, what are you saying? Like, what are we... I think she normally means she oh only travels with one. God, it's like, no, that's... No. Yeah, so many red flags. Anyway, like, it's still a great film. I love Blair Witch Project. There's a million We went red from flags. Blair Witch to... Or what? We went from Amityville to Blair Witch. <clears throat> that's how we do. I mean, it's all... It's all spoopy stuff. It's so all spoopy. there's a connection. Blair Witch is real. It's... Right? <laughs> Um, so, is that it? That's it? Okay, I was like, oh, I got, is that, is that, is that? That's all I got. That's all, folks. I've, we've, we've plugged (laughs) to be about as much as we're gonna, we talked about everything Amityville and plugged to be about as much as we're gonna Go watch the Chucky series. And that too, that's on sci-fi. No, on TV, sorry. We have two episodes. (laughs) (laughs) It's not, it's not free, sorry. It's not. If you got a friend with cable, hit them up. Yeah, there you go. Hit them up. That's what I did. Thank you, Carl. If you're still old and have cable like we do. DVR that shit. I'm watching it tomorrow. It was really funny because last night, right at 10 o'clock, they were like, set your DVR for Chucky. And I was like, it's on right now. <laughs> I'm like, I already... It's happening. I set mine already. It's happening. I... <laughs> also, I would just like to say, this isn't giving anything away for you because you haven't seen it yet, but um, the beginning of the episode... That's just... Fuck! Okay. <laughs> Andy, I was like, please don't give anything away. Just and Andy like, yeah. and Kyle. Just Andy and Kyle. I swear to God. If Don Mancini doesn't oh, continue I to saw, just... Okay, so I've seen a clip. It was the end of the... That family's... They're at that, like, random family's house. It was super random, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I just love how they Those get... poor it. black people. They're like, who the fuck are these crazy white people? And they're like, is that all your friends? Is that all your friends? Is that all your friends? Nope. Well, there's Charlie. God damn it. Go get him. Go get him. Okay, thanks. You know what? Listen, (laughs) if that fucking doll had caused me that much trauma since my childhood, I would be hunting every single one down and obliterating them too, especially what happened at the end of Colt. I would be on a rampage. I love, though, when Andy... Again, not giving Just going away, on but... eBay and hunting down every <laughs> single person that buys a good guy doll and showing up in their Andy's... house and killing the doll. Andy's talking to, uh, what's his fucking name? Jake. And he's like, so have you only met the doll, Chucky? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, he's talking about Nika. <laughs> he be acting like the doll, the fuck? Even Kyle was like, <laughs> like I thought, Chucky. Da- nope. <laughs> the fuck you thought. <laughs> He's also in Nika. 
Anyway, okay, so moving on. Giggles and gay. So much gay. It, I mean, this show is so fucking gay. I mean, that's a big part of the look. It's Tommy Insini is okay. He is, but I just love that he's giving us what we want, and I love him. Well, I love so much that there's a gay relationship in two little, in two. He I say little. Did what if, what if we've been talking about, and what have we been asking for? Can we just put? Can we just normalize gay characters in film? In horror, can we just, how normalized can are we they in this? Normal? How normal are they? Because uh, real. Oh, because normal teenagers don't act like that. I think what Don's doing with the teenagers is he's like helping teenagers, but I think what he's doing with Nika and Tiffany is giving us adult gays. <laughs> What? Well, I think he's doing it for the adult gaze, and I think a lot of it he's doing from what he wishes he would have oh, grown yeah. up with. I think every queer youth wishes they would have had some type of representation like this growing up. None of us had this. Nothing and nothing positive anyway. And uh this is what Don is doing. We've we've talked about this so many times. This is gonna be so helpful. For so many young teen, I mean, you know, if you've got a kid in high school, if you're in a horror and you got a kid that's in junior high, high school, why, why don't watch this show? There's not anything inappropriate on this show that a 14 year old. Oh, watch. I was like, I've seen a lot worse. For, I've seen a lot worse at 14 than this. It's got some cussing and some and a doll killing people. Like <laughs> your 14 year old will be fine. Even the sensual scene in the last episode really honestly wasn't that bad it it wasn't it wasn't something i wouldn't let a 14 or 15 year old see. i don't i don't think there's personally been anything on this show so far that's been inappropriate for no. that age range not no. at all not not some odd shit <laughs> some stuff i've seen <laughs> and what's even worse kids have access to the dark web at nine okay they can figure it the fuck out this is <laughs> it really is. <clears throat> Definitely let your teenager watch this, especially if your teenager is, uh, you know, LGBTQ. This is really positive. I, I am so happy positive. for him. I'm just so happy for him that he's able to do this now. And I feel like that's why he put such... I have a newfound appreciation for Seed. And the reason is because I watched... If you guys haven't watched Behind the Monsters on Shudder, fucking do it. It's oh, so fucking I good. Uh, the Chucky episode that I watched, they really dive into how LGBTQ was truly thrown into Seed so much. And Don was really showing himself so much in that film that now I'm like, well, fuck. Now I have a newfound appreciation for Seed because of what he was doing. But I'm so grateful that what he he was like, you know what, this is going a little too far. Let's reel it in. <laughs> then he's like, let's go to Curse. Throws a gay couple in Curse out of nowhere. And we're like, oh, okay. That's cool. And then I don't know if there was anyone gay in Cult. I can't remember. Oh, well, the ending. Duh. Right. Um, so then he kind of he kind of throws the LGBTQ in there a little bit, and then in the show he's like, "Whoops, I dumped the whole gay seasoning," and it's just it's wonderful. It's just so wonderful to see. It's kind of like like we had just been talking about. We've been wanting to see it so normalized, and now it's normalized, and I'm just sitting there going, "This show is so fucking gay." Thank you, <laughs> just thank you. 
Like I said, this is what I, I I'm a firm believer. This is what everybody wanted. It's what all we wanted. Yeah, for sure. Get Don Mancini giving the gays what we want. All right, my dudes. So next week we will be talking about a new cryptid. Dear, are is it dear people or just dear women? Um, it's just dear women. So um, the Masters of Horror series on HBO years ago. Um, there was a really a great segment, I think that John Landis actually directed, uh, <clears throat> that was based on this Native American mythology of um, basically women turning in. So, you know, obviously there's been a lot of like anthropomorphic uh, folklore in um, with Native American. I don't specifically know what tribe offhand uh, the deer women comes from. Um, but with it being, with it being, uh, Native American Heritage Month, um, I just thought this would be a really cool cryptid to talk about, especially based on that Masters of War episode. So if you guys get a chance to watch that, again, to be low, free, um, mass, they have all of the Masters of War episodes on there. Um, so check that out if you get a chance to, uh, otherwise it'll be, this'll be a fun one to talk about. Just kind of round out, uh, you know, we've got Thanksgiving, Na Native American Heritage Month, round out the month of November. Be a fun one to talk about. And just to let you guys know, the episode will be released on Monday. I have a ton of family things happening in the, at the Cascade <laughs> next week. Um, yes, so that's right, guys. So I can't, I can't me. even, I can't release it on Wednesday. I will literally have no time. So... We're going to record it and drop it on Monday. Yeah, Wednesday we both have some family stuff coming up with the holiday yeah. this week. So it's going to be recorded and released on uh, Monday. Which I'll, I'll again, holiday. I'll post about it over the weekend just to remind everybody. But hey, if anybody's going out of town before the holiday, yeah. you'll have a podcast to listen to on the way. So it'd be perfect timing for everybody. This is great. It's a great thing. It's worked out good. All right, guys. Well, as you know, we have socials. We have Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at DFWTO Podcast, and the handle is DFWTO8811. We are on Podbean, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iTunes. Subscribe, follow, give us a rating. <clears throat> Tell us how much you love or hate us. We don't care. If you guys have any questions or concerns, you know always to email us at DFWTO8493 at gmail.com. You guys have a fantastic few days. We'll see you in a few days. Not a full week. We'll see you in a few days. A few days. A few days. A few. A few. Um, we just want to make an announcement to you guys. Thank you so much for the support with um, all that's been going on with the chaos of our merch. Uh, we definitely do plan on getting merch out before the holiday season. So we just want to thank everybody for being so patient with us about it. We really appreciate it. Um, we definitely know that uh this is something that you guys have wanted and a passion project for us that we want to get out to you guys as soon as possible so um just keep checking back on announcements with that and everybody that's been supportive of of us up until this point we really really appreciate it so and huge shout out to all of our artists who have been working with us very well and very closely as to all of the issues that we're going through right now you guys are the best and we really thank you guys so much all right, guys, we love you. Have a great week. Be safe. And remember, don't, don't fuck, fuck with, with the original. Okay. I did a really big stretch, and it was great, so I had to. Glad. Happy for you. Thank you. <laughs>